This is John Gescheitmeyer of Wisconsin Real Estate Today, your real estate expert. This podcast is designed to equipping people with the teaching and tools they need to succeed in real estate. I hope you enjoy this episode and subscribe for more real estate content. John Gescheitmeyer here. Thanks for joining us on this next episode of Wisconsin Real Estate Today, Wisconsin's only active and hopefully only informative podcast. Appreciate you coming and uh, joining us today. And I want to talk something very different. And I've got some experience in this area. So I think that I can definitely maybe uh, get you to rethink some things. I want to talk about discount brokers today. And by, f- and by first, uh, or first, I should say, I want to actually talk about what a discount provider is. Now, let's just kind of overview what a discount provider does, right? When I first got into real estate, I came out of law enforcement uh, teaching maybe about 12 years ago or so, and I didn't know any better. First company I joined just happened to be a discount provider. Well, let's be honest. I mean, everybody would prefer a discount, right? But with a discount, doesn't always come the same service. Uh, I don't ask for a discount with my doctor because I believe that I need the best. Uh, Furthermore, you know, my accountant, uh, my financial guy, I don't ask them to reduce their fees because the more they make for me, the more that they make. And traditionally, that's how real estate has always worked. It's on a commission-based model. So when we look at commission itself, there's, and and again, this is not black and white, right? This is a lot of gray area, so bear with me on this. But when we start talking about full commission, generally speaking, we're talking about 6%. Now, I don't always charge 6%, but I don't always give discounts. And a lot of it depends on how much work I'm going to have to put in to actually selling a home. When you ask somebody up front for a discount, it really tells me that all you're concerned about is price, but you're not focusing on the right thing. So I'm going to have you walk away with a couple lessons today. Focus on gross, not net. When I get a call from somebody who says, I'm thinking about selling my home or my condominium or my investment property, whatever it might be, if the first thing out of their mouth uh, is a question of how much I charge, I start to get uh, a little bit concerned. And I get concerned not because they're you know, trying to save money. We, we all are. I, I'm trying to make as much money as possible. And I'm also trying to save money as much as possible as a consumer. We're no different than you. In your job, you'd love to have a massive raise. I mean, be honest. But on the other side of it, you want to save as much money as possible. You want, to, you want to reduce your expenses, right? It's no different than a business. That's what I do every day in our business. We try to maximize income, but we try to reduce our costs and our expenses. The bottom line is that when we look at a discount provider's model, there's a couple really big differences. And I'm going to ask you to focus on gross and not net. Net is, I'm only concerned with how much money you're going to save me not gross, I'm going to really focus on how much money you're going to make me. Now, there's two schools of thoughts today. One school of thought is, I can sell my house by myself. And that's true. Anybody could. But on average, you're going to probably net anywhere from 12 to 17% less. I had a guy that I used to work with, and uh, I won't mention his name or make any references, but I will say that for two years, I worked with him behind the scenes on selling his home and how to prepare and all that other stuff. 
And he kept promising me, you know, hey, you're going to get my listing when it sells. Well, all of a sudden, one day I get notified that his home went up for sale with a flat fee company. We're going to talk about the differences of uh, the types of discount real estate brokers in a minute. When he listed at home, it was it was way too high, and he had to do everything. I think it was $599, and I know the company, and I know their model. They don't even work weekends. I mean, what kind of a real estate agent and company doesn't work weekends? He had to negotiate all of his own offers, arrange all of his own showings, um, and, and fine. He, you know, he can do that, right? Anybody can do that if you really wanted to. He did not get multiple offers, and this was only a couple of years ago. And he ended up selling his home for almost 60000 less than he should have. And by the way, they started out around $479,000 in Grafton, Wisconsin, which is in Ozaki County, north of Milwaukee. So what was the lesson there? There's no way on earth, if advertised properly, that he would have netted less money if he would have paid even 7 or 8% of commission. He would have made so much more money, it isn't funny. And there is story after story after story of people who sell by themselves and who end up accepting less than what the market would give them. And usually, it's significantly less. All right, let's talk about the different types of real estate brokers. Um, I'm discount real estate brokers. So you've got low commission, which is really a percentage. So the low commission, the broker who you know, you're going to work with greatly reduces their commission when you sell your home. There's low commission or a flat rate. I'm going to sell your home for $500, for $5,000, for whatever. It doesn't matter. Whatever that flat rate is. There's a hybrid where they combine low commissions and flat, and flat rates. And then sometimes there's also brokers out there that will say, well, you know, if you buy another property, we might sell yours for free. And that's very attractive, right? There's no commission, meaning a flat fee MLS where you do everything and you just put you know, for $300, you had taken all your photos. All you do is send everything to that agent, verify all the information on some worksheets. They enter it in MLS and you're on your own. Um, there's also buyer rebates. The, the rebates model uh, is somewhat relatively new. It's been around for a while, but it's where you give money back to a buyer or seller. Now, that can get a little complicated with state law. We can't pay unlicensed people a reward or a rebate. So really it has to be a refund. Now that's a whole nother topic. But I want to stick to to discount providers. In the Metro Milwaukee area, I'm going to guess we have about seven to 10 discount providers. These are people that actively and knowingly advertise a discount. Some of them generally will charge in the area of 3.5 to 4%. Several that I know advertise at 3.99, including the one that I used to work for. So at the end of the day, you might say, well, hey, that's great. Now, one of the things that we're going to ask you when we list your home is we're going to really get in depth. A good agent gets in depth and very much in the weeds on all of the improvements, how much money you put into the home, what did you purchase it for, what has the very specific market in your area increased or decreased? You know, how much has, has there been price appreciation or depreciation? And of course, most of the time we're seeing appreciation these days, right? And then we're going to put it together a really comprehensive market analysis. I won't take on any more than about five or six listings at a time. And, and there's some exceptions to that, right? You know, this time of the year, you might have to take on more just because demand, demand is higher. But when I was a discount agent, at one time I had over 70 listings. 
I'm going to pause. Seven zero. I think actually the number was 72 at one time. Now, this is back in 2013 or 14 when things weren't really selling and and really honestly only about 60% of the homes sold. So you were just churning through trying to get as many price reductions as you could. But I can tell you from experience, and this is going to sound bad, there was not much of an incentive for me to get more money for my clients. I took on as much business as I could because that's what my broker wanted me to do. I felt like I was pushing people through turnstiles. And I, and I just felt, you know, looking back, I felt really bad. And it's not that I didn't get money for people. And it's not that I didn't work hard for people. But for me to make the money that I wanted to make or that I felt I should make, especially on a discount model, I had to take on two or three times the amount of volume um, to make the money that I felt I should make doing that type of volume. Everybody knows or at least has an idea of what they're, what they're worth. And, you know, I'm not, I've sold over 650 some homes in the last 11, 12 years. In fact, today, I just received an email that I was named to the top 1.5% realtors in all of the United States, which is pretty darn cool, right? It's the Real Trends America Best, America's Best, top 1.5%. Um, you know, okay, that, that's, that's great. It's bragging rights but you're only as good as the last home you sold. And when I take on, you know, if I had 15, 20 listings right now with no help from my team, I was just doing it myself, guess what? There's no way in the world that I can focus on that. So one of the questions you got to ask a discount provider is how many listings do you have right now? And then also what area are they in? If, if there's listings in five, six counties, that, that's a problem. There's no way you can get there. You can do open houses. You can meet prospective buyers there. Because what happens is when you get so busy and you have so many listings, you ignore phone calls. And it's not because you want to. It's because you, ha- you, you don't have a choice. You've taken on too much business and you can't manage it. So in a discount provider's office, the power, the lights, the computers, the copier, the rent, the equipment in the office, the furniture, all the MLS fees, all the things we've got to do, the signs, they all cost the same. So for they're basing their model on volume. They're banking on the fact that they will get more listings than the 6% or 5% or whatever you want to call it. And they're banking on the fact that through volume, especially in a market like today where things seem to be selling on their own, that they are going to uh, make more money. And they will. But the problem for you as a consumer is that you are one of many. And you may love your agent. I mean, I, I can't remember even when I was at uh, the, the discount provider I was at prior to, to starting a Remax. I, I, got, I mean, I thought my clients took very good care of me and I took very good care of them. But I look back and I know, as sad as it sounds, that from a lack of marketing, from a lack of positioning, from a lack of influence, that they didn't get as much money as they probably should have. And if I would have charged more, I could have made them more. Because remember, if I charge 5% of you know, the sales price, the, the seller's making 95%. But I don't keep 5%. I've got to pay the other side in what we call a co-broke. Now, let's be clear. You don't have to offer a co-broke. One of the conversations I have with, with my, my potential clients when they're selling is, hey, what do we want to pay the other side? 
because this is what we charge. And generally, it might be anywhere from 2.6 to 3.6%. But what do we want to pay the other side? And what does that mean? So it, it gets very interesting, right? We'll have to talk a whole show on Cobroke, I think, one day in, in commissions and how those work. But at the end of the day, a discount provider will discount the Cobroke from what is generally standard in an area. Now, area is different. In the Fox Valley, it's anywhere from 2.2 to 1.8%. In Madison, it's generally about 3%. In the metro Milwaukee area, it's about 2.4%. But I, I know so many brokers, discount brokers, that are unilaterally across the board only giving away 2%. Now, what does that mean? You might be saying, well, you realtors are, you know, you're looking a gift horse in the mouth. I mean, just be happy somebody's paying you. Well, that's not the way to look at it. And it's not that those agents won't market the property. It's that agents know that if we are going to work for a client, we have to sign something that's called a buyer agency agreement. And that buyer agency agreement specifically states that the buyer is paying us. And a lot of people will write in there a 2.4% co-broke. Well, now if a discount provider is only offering 1.8% or 2%, that means my buyer has to make up that difference because we signed an agreement together. It's no different than any other company that says, here's what we can do, here's what it's going to cost. You know, you didn't make your Spectrum bill or your DirecTV bill or your lawn care bill negotiable in most cases, and they might offer, you know, incentives. But at the end of the day, um, the agreement is the agreement and you're held to that. And so are we. Just because a co-broke only pays 2% doesn't mean that if the buyer agency says 2.4, that we're going to forego that because, again, we are worth what we feel we're worth. Now, the problem is, how do you pick a good agent? Right? And of course, that's another podcast in its, in its of itself. And I, and I have some of these already if you look back. Um, but at the end of the day, the bottom line for me is that the co-broke that we may offer as a listing agent and a listing company and as a seller is going to offset the cost that the buyer will have to pay to their agent. Now, that may not matter. They may have a lot of money and they're going to put 100000 down and they're going to set aside ten grand to pay their agent. Well, then they don't need a co-broke, right? And we can reduce the purchase price. Every situation is different and every co-broke and every situation with a seller is different. We have to go and have those conversations. And usually what I end up doing is I will say, hey, look, this is the, the, the 15, 20 homes that are you know, closest to you that are being marketed MLS. Let's just go down each one of them and we'll see what they're offering for a co-broke. It's kind of like I know some people who own gas stations. And you know they, they can't just make their price anything they want. They can't discount it by a dollar less than the person across the street. There's laws and, and regulations surrounding how they do that. So at the end of the day, for us, we're going to make sure that we're offering as much of a competitive advantage to our sellers. We're not going to take on as much business because we just don't you know, we, 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 we can't dedicate that much time, you know, to 25 listings. Now, if I've got a team of five people, I have 25 listings, that's not bad. That's about five each. That's manageable for sure. But that's not how it normally works. With a discount provider, you don't normally have a team. and You're working for the broker. And, you know, they're doing everything they can to reduce their costs behind the scenes. But there's one thing that really irks me. And I never knew about it until I really thought about it a few years ago. I just happened to be driving down 
you know, whatever street it was, probably near my house. And I saw a for sale sign. And it happened to be a discount provider. It just happened to be the discount provider that I used to work for. And on that sign, it said their realty name and their phone number. And the realty name, of course, is, you know, required. We all want to advertise that we've got listings. But on that sign, and I want you to look around when you drive around, you see a for sale sign. Notice that almost all of your discount providers put on your yard sign selling your house the commission they're charging. Now, I want that to sink in because that is probably the most important part, and it'll really make you understand how the discount providing model is not best in most cases for consumers. When I put my commission, let's just say it's 3.99%, and I know there's another company out there that offers you know, anywhere from 3.5 to 3.9. If you, you, know, if you purchase with them, it, they'll, they'll reduce it. What on earth does the commission that they're charging the seller have to do with your listing? It doesn't help sell your house. In fact, what it tells a buyer is that you're cheap. And I know that that's not something you may want to hear, but I'm just being honest. And for those of you who listen to my podcast, you know that I'm just transparent. You don't have to agree with me, and I get that. But why on earth and how on earth does it benefit a seller to put the commission that they're paying? Because you know what it tells my buyer? And I'll say this to my buyer. If we're not in a competitive situation, in other words, you know, we're not competing against three, four, five, 10, 12 other offers, go in less. I'll do my own market analysis and make sure that the purchase price is appropriate. That's what a buyer's agent does. That's one of the advantages of having a buyer's agency agreement is that I can, I can absolutely work on your behalf and only for you. But when I see that on the sign, these people are only paying 3.99% or 3.5 or 3 or whatever the heck's listed on there, they, they want their cake and they want to eat it too. And the fact that they've chosen a discount provider that isn't marketing like I do, that isn't doing all of the things to reach, you know, 5, 10, 12,000 people online. And we have analytics that, that my landing pages will get that amount. You know, we're going to expose your property on social media to over 100,000 people in many cases. Depends on where you're at. Depends on how many you're in the buy-sell groups, right? But we, but we know this. We're driving them to one page, and we can follow the analytics, and we know exactly where people are looking. So for me, I am adamantly against any discount provider, and you should be too if you're a potential seller, putting a sign in my yard with their commission on it. Because what it tells the buyer is that you're trying to save money on your commissions, and that's up to you. You can do that with the agent you chose. But at the same time, I want to get the largest purchase price I possibly can as a seller. There isn't a seller alive that doesn't want to do that. Everybody wants to get the best purchase price, best sales price, right? If you're a buyer, you want to come in 10, 15,000 under asking. You're a, you're a seller, you want to get as much over asking as you can. The other thing that I really struggle with with discount providers is experience. I do want to go back to the sign though. Just take a look when you're out and around. When you're out and about, driving around, take a look at those signs. Ask yourself, how does that benefit the seller by having that sign with the reduced commission in their yard? That's all I ask you to do. And if you think about it, it doesn't. So what I used to tell people when I was on the discount side of things is I would say, look, we do the same thing as all the big boys. All those six percenters, oh, you don't need to pay 6%. Well, what if on average, 
a buyer's agent at a discount company maybe averages 1% less than list price. But if I, as a, let's say even I'm charging 6%, as a 6%er, what if I get 3 or 4% over ask? Do the math. Net versus gross, right? Net versus gross. Gross is just how much we're selling it for, how much the commission is. Net is how much more did we make you. Remember, every dollar that we make you, even at 6%, gives you 94% of that. So you get 94 cents on that dollar, we get 6 cents. I mean, it's, you know, and again, even if I charge 5%, right? So I think these are questions that you really need to ask yourself when you are hiring anybody, including and especially a discount provider. When they say that they will do the same thing that the big boys do, that they do the same thing as a 6% realtor does, ask them to put a list together of all the things that they do marketing-wise and then compare it to somebody like me. I, I, I always tell people, Everybody wants to feel like they had a good value. We know homes sell for two reasons. One is price and one is um, exposure, price and exposure. Where you're not getting sometimes the best representation with a newer agent or with an agent who's at a discount firm. Again, not much of an incentive, especially a flat fee firm. What, what type of incentive would, are, would there be for me to sell your home for any more than asking. Hey, if it comes in, it comes in. But I'm not going to go out and fight for you. I'm not going to go and say, hey, um, I can get you 10 grand more, I think, because I already made my money. It doesn't matter. Now, I'm not saying all discount providers think that way, but I can tell you what I knew, I can tell you what I was told, and I can tell you what I don't do now. So when you are a discount provider, you don't have money to spend on additional marketing tools. 3D photography, landing pages, um, boosting properties within our systems, which cost anywhere from, let's say, $100 to $250. Not a lot of money, but, but exposing your property to as many people as possible. Now, you might say, well, the MLS, right? John, that's the great equalizer. MLS stands for Multiple Listing Service. In Metro Milwaukee, we call it Metro MLS. And yes, everyone puts their listings in MLS. Are you hitting most of your buyers through MLS? Yes, you are. But let's also remember more so now than ever that so many buyers have taken a break. So many buyers have said, I'm not competing. And a year or so ago, six months ago, whatever it may be, they told their agent, shut down the, the search portal, shut down my MLS account. We'll come back when we're ready, but we're not competing. And the bottom line is they don't have to, Right but we know they're still on Facebook. We know that if we can get to them in a buy-sell group or in a community group and they see that property, there's a good chance that they reach out to us and say, you know, we put our search on hold, but now it's time to look again. We know that happens. And we can see from the analytics behind the scenes on the landing page where those people are coming from, whether it was a mobile device on Facebook, whether it was a desktop. I mean, it's just, it's really that simple. But your discount provider probably isn't going to do that because they don't have the budget, right, the margin to spend more money. Now, conversely, if you have a 6% broker that you like and yet you work with and you believe in what I'm telling you, 
they should be spending more money, right? There's companies around here that have sold homes for 7 or 8%. And you might say, oh my God, that's insane. But again, think gross versus net. So the lessons and the takeaways from this podcast is that discount doesn't always mean equal. And I, I think what gets frustrating for me is that sometimes agents will talk about like our title companies and they'll commoditize them. What I mean by that is they'll say, well, you know, a title does the same thing, right? They're all the same. But yet the public looks at realtors and real estate agents, and those are different, by the way. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors, and they adhere to ethics. They adhere to standards of practice. But, um, you know, when I'm a real estate agent or when I'm a realtor, right, for me, it doesn't really necessarily matter. Um how much money I spend, it's how much more money I can make. It's a business. And I have to look at it that way. The more that I can do for you, my sellers, the better. With buyers, it's the same thing. If you want to commit to me, we'll sign a buyer agency agreement and we're going to go find it. But you're also going to pay. And you might have to pay an administrative fee, which covers my gas, my expenses. Going out and writing letters in a subdivision that you really want to be in because you guys get those. And, and a lot of time it's just marketing. But if you really legitimately have a family that wrote an offer in a subdivision, they wanted to get into it and they didn't get it. They wrote on the next home in the subdivision. They didn't get that one. What do we do? We might even go door knock. Well, I'm not doing that for free, right? I'm not going to go and just you know say, oh, I'll, I'll take a Saturday afternoon away from my family and just go door knock on the outside chance that I get one person who says, yeah, I was thinking about selling my house that comes at a cost. So again, when we go back to our discount providers, ask a lot of questions. Make a side-by-side comparison. Ask them how many listings they've got currently. Ask them what their Cobro commission is. And if they tell you it's less than the area average, and all you gotta do is send me a message and ask me what the area average is, I'll tell you. But if it's less than that, ask them to justify it. Ask them to justify why they think your home will sell for more when they're offering less. Hopefully this gets you to start thinking about the real discount provider's model. Everyone has availability to whatever they believe in. Um, Discount providers will tell you that we do all the same things and they don't. In most cases, they don't. However, shop specifically specific agents and companies that you know are good. And at the end of the day, pick what's best for you. I'm John Gescheidmeyer. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope this was informative. If it was, tell other people, like us, give us a good five-star review, go to our website, send me information on what you'd like to hear. That's all for now, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. This episode of Wisconsin Real Estate Today has come to a close. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast and let others know if you found this content useful. Until next time, make today your best day.